This episode of In the Word on the Go is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB strives to be both accurate and readable, with the goal of more people reading the Bible every day. I like it because whether you've grown up around the Bible or not, you can use it for deep study or for daily reading. To learn more, visit csbible.com. This is In the Word on the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word on the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to interview Dr. Todd Miles. Todd is professor of theology at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon. Todd also serves as an elder at Hinson Memorial Baptist Church in Portland and is the author of several books, including A God of Many Understandings, The Gospel and Theology of Religions. It's about how salvation is available only through Jesus Christ. But he's also written a super helpful book, and I use the word super on purpose, which we'll talk about more in just a minute. It's called Superheroes Can't Save You, Epic Examples of Historic Heresies. If you're fascinated by that like I am, stay tuned. Todd is married to Camille and they have six children. Todd, it's great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this. It's good to be here. Thank you. So what passage do you have for us today? Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. This is, it, it comes in the context of Paul being very practical trying to get people to be united, the people of the, of the Church of Philippi. But uh, in order to get them to be uh, united and, and humble, he encourages them to be like Christ. And then he takes a deep dive into the person of Christ. And, and so that, that, that's why I really like uh, this passage. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, this is Paul, by, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes, who, that, that is Jesus, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Great. I love this passage, and I'm really glad you selected it. And one of the reasons I know why you selected this passage is because of the way this verse connects with the teaching about who Jesus Christ is, and that leads us to go back and talk about your book for a minute. So before we get to this verse, why don't we talk about your book and its approach to understanding what the Bible teaches about Jesus? Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad that you phrased it that way. The, the title of the book is Superheroes Can't Save You epic examples of historic heresies, but it's really a book about Jesus. Hmm. It's a book about the person of Christ, uh, something that, that we would call a Christology or the doctrine of the person of Christ, uh, focusing on uh, how can Jesus be human, as the scriptures teach him to be, and also divine, as the scriptures clearly teach him to be, at the same time. And then what are the implications of that for us? And, uh, you know, there's really nothing in nature that, that, that is like Jesus. You know, <laughs> we can't say Jesus is kind of like this. Right. And so sometimes it's easier to say what Jesus is not <laughs> than <laughs> what he is. And, and there have been, through the history of the church, a lot of really bad ideas about who Jesus is. As people try to wrestle with this idea, how can Jesus be both human and divine? 
And what I found is that all those ideas map almost perfectly to a comic superhero. And so in that way, that the comic illustrations, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk, those sorts of things, they are illustrations, not of who Jesus is, but actually of who Jesus isn't. Hmm. But sometimes we in our own experience today, and also in the past, kind of lapse into this kind of thinking about who Jesus is. And hmm. so I, I basically, in the book, I talk about who Jesus is. I, I contrast him with these historic bad ideas that are still kind of prevalent to what today as well. And I, I contrast by, by illustrating with a comic superhero. So that's, that's how the book works. I love it. I so wish that your book had been around when I was in seminary because I had to get into big theological books and try to figure out what are these bad ideas all about and what's bad about them and what's really true. And that was a great exercise, but I think your book would have made it at least easier and definitely a lot more fun. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that's really the goal is to get good Christology into the hands of people who ordinarily would not pick up a book on Christology. That's great. So let's go to this passage then with that in mind. And why don't you tell us what bad idea about Jesus do these verses correct? Yeah. And so, so Paul is telling the, the people of Philippi to have the mind of Christ, be like Christ. And we might think, well, how, how on earth can we be like Christ? He was God, right? Right. Well, then Paul says that he emptied himself, assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity when he had come as a man, or other translations would say being found in the form of, uh, of a man. And that verse, the, the phrase that says he emptied himself, this historically has been called the canonic heresy. And, and the teaching of, of the canonic heresy is that Jesus emptied himself, that is, he divested himself, the Son of God divested himself of his divine attributes in order to become human. And so he effectively stopped being divine in order to become human. And of course, the gospel won't allow for that because Jesus has to be fully human and fully divine in order to save us. And so a lot is on the line here. And then as we look at this passage, it says he emptied himself, and we call it the canonic heresy because the word there is kanao. He, he poured himself out, maybe translations will say. But, but how did he do that? Well, there's three phrases after assuming the form of a sermon, taking on the likeness of humanity when he had come as a man. And so what he effectively does here is, is he doesn't divest himself of anything. In order to empty himself, he actually adds to himself a human nature. And so he, he never stops being fully God. Instead, he adds to himself. And it's basically subtraction by addition, not subtraction by subtraction. So this is new math. Yes. This is good math. It is. It is. Before we get to which uh, superhero might be represented by the bad idea, what's so bad about this bad idea? Well, because the, the logic of the gospel is that Jesus has to be fully human and fully divine in order to pay for our sins, in, in order to atone for our sins. Uh, he, he has to be fully human in order to substitute for us he, he, has, he has to be fully human in order to the, pay the penalty of, of our sins. Uh, but he also has to be fully divine in order that that, that, that that sacrifice offered would be robust, would be significant. He has to be divine in order that uh, the as he takes on sin upon him, he's able to conquer 
powers and principalities. He must be human so he can sit on the Davidic air forever and ever, but he must be divine so he can sit on that throne forever and ever as Hmm. not just the son of David, but also the son of God. And so uh, once once we argue either that Jesus is, is not actually fully human, or if we argue, well, he wasn't actually divine, then he he can't actually save us. The the gospel kind of, un, not kind of, it exactly unravels. And so it's very, very important, this study of, of the person of Christ. Which goes back to the title of your book, which is yeah. Superheroes, for all their strengths, can't save you. And there's only one savior. So why don't we talk for a moment, which superhero would <laughs> be represented here by the bad idea if you reject this passage? Yeah. And so so this is like bonus stuff because I don't have this in the book ah. for this passage. I, I actually ask people, hey, if you come up with a good illustration for this, let me know. <laughs> and, and then after writing the book, out comes Black Panther. Ah. And if you've seen Black Panther, before T'Challa undergoes his trial by which he will fight for the right to be king, he drinks a potion from that heart-shaped herb that they were always throwing and and such. And and when he drinks it, he loses all of his Black Panther superpowers. And, And he has to fight for the right to be king as just a human, just a human. And of course... There is no potion with a heart-shaped herb that the Son of God drank before becoming human. Right. He, he incarnates, he takes on flesh, uh, but he never stops being the Son of God. He's always fully and completely divine. So 100% man, 100% God. Yes. Any pouring out is not a loss of any part of his divinity. Yes, that is so important to hang on to, that, that when he took on flesh, when he became a human, he did not stop being God in any way. That doesn't mean that he acted on all of his divine attributes. I would make the argument that that he did not. Uh, He chose voluntarily not to use the attributes, the divine attributes that are inconsistent with authentic human living. He never took shortcuts. He fought temptation as a human does, Mm -hmm. uh, but he never stopped being God. And and, and that's, that's so important not just for the gospel, but but all of the implications of the gospel after that. Yes, and it's such an encouragement because we know that when we bring our sins and our struggles and our burdens to him, nothing is too hard for him. He never turns and says, well, I'm not quite up to that challenge. He's up to all of it. Uh, that, that is absolutely true. When, when Jesus Christ goes to the cross as a human, he goes as the son of God, the most powerful being in existence, right? Because he is fully completely God. And he brings all of that amazing power and wisdom and knowledge and discernment and glory, all that uh, goes straight into everything that he does as our savior, as our great high priest, as as the king of kings and lord of lords. He, he, he has it all. Todd, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Would you just close our time by praying these verses as we close? Lord Jesus, we, we are so grateful that, that though you existed as God, fully God, uh, that, that you did not consider that existence, that, that equality with God, a thing to be grasped or a, a thing to be exploited or, or, or taken advantage of for your own convenience, but instead you, you became human in, in, in every way, just as we are yet, yet without sin. And, and that you went all the way to the cross in obedience to your Father. And, and we are so grateful for that. Uh, and so because of that, we can with great joy call you our Savior. 
We call you our Lord. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. We are blessed immensely by you. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we can even approach any sort of throne of grace. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.